the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. It's a couple minutes after 4. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thank you for tuning in. How's it going? Forecast going for a kind of cloudy rest of the afternoon. A little sunshine poking through occasionally. 76 the high. Cloudy, a few showers possible tonight. Could be late overnight, right into tomorrow morning. 60 for the low, up to 72 tomorrow. May eventually get some sunshine by the afternoon, but generally on the cloudy side, just peeking ahead into the weekend, looks pretty good. Decent amount of sunshine both Saturday and Sunday, but cooler. Saturday's high 66 and Sunday's high 65. Phillies lost 5-4 to the Mets last night. Extra frustrating because they're up 4-0 and then just could not hold that lead. It's been a theme this year when they'd like to avoid. Try and get back on track tonight at home against the Mets at 7.05. Aaron Nola on the mound for the Phillies. He's been pretty lights out for them this year. Also in football tonight, Cincinnati and Cleveland doing the Thursday night football thing at 8.20. Eagles home Sunday afternoon at 1 against the Rams. Very special guest going to be joining me in a second, but first, a um, a quick uh, reminder. We're continuing our partnership with Save the Children, looking to provide breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and some educational support for kids who have lost access to all of that due to many schools not being in person, at least not yet, this fall. Details on our homepage, WFIL.com. You can also call 888-884-4836, 888 4836. Thanks to all who have helped out. It is a real pleasure to see more and more support come in. The common denominator is nice and easy. $10 covers breakfast, lunch, and dinner, which is a bonus. The kids usually don't get that as part of the school program, so they're getting that as well. And some educational support. That's for $10 for a day of that. We're encouraging folks to think in terms of a week or two, $50, $100 perhaps. And the whole idea is to kind of help bridge the gap till. Those kids can get back into a physical school situation where they can ac- get access to those things once again. So um, we've had, uh, I don't know, several hundred days worth come in, I think it is. I'm going to double check the numbers and get you an update on that. And we'd love to just keep that going because the need is always there. We want to do something. So don't let that stop you. Maybe you can only do $10. That's great. Maybe you can do 100 I know we've had folks in this audience do uh, several thousand dollars even towards something. And I'm sure there are folks who can do more than that. But whatever you could do. It's a kind of a neat opportunity because Save the Children works around the world and um, it's 125 countries and we're actually working with them in the U.S. It's the first time that I've, I've been doing this for 30 something years and almost I think every single, just about every single ministry I've worked with has been overseas. Not all, but many. And it's just kind of neat to have an opportunity to be a blessing domestically. So that said, against 888-884-4836 if you want to help out. We'd greatly appreciate that. And... Um, yeah, or at WFIL.com, you can see the 
Save the Children banner. If you're at WFIL.com, you'll also see a lot of other cool stuff, including this Sea uh, Life 2020 event that Focus on the Family is um, championing and, and encouraging folks to be a part of. And without further ado, the one and only Jim Daly joining us from Focus on the Family. How you doing, sir? Tim, I'm doing great. It's good to be with you. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. We uh, air the program each weekday morning at 7. It's been on for a long, long time, and we hope for many more years to come. Uh, <laughs> FocusOnTheFamily.com. Folks can find out more, of course, about the ministry. One thing for sure, we just jump right into it that's coming up very quickly is Sea Life 2020, the culmination of that, the 26th of September with a live stream event. But um, take, take as much time as you want. Just share the heart behind Sea Life 2020. We've been talking about it on the air, but kind of the, where it came from in the beginning and sure. all that. So, Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, this was actually born uh, over a year ago when we did the Times Square event as the first event in May of 2019. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was just a good idea that bubbled up here at Focus, and I went, wow, we should really do that. And that was to hold a live event in Times Square the first time uh, a, a group of that size, 20,000 people roughly, gathered together in Times Square to celebrate life. Real simple. But you would not believe the obstacles that were thrown at us. I mean, the Times Square Commission wasn't for it. Thankfully, NYPD was. We had these great Irish cops who say, hey, we like what you're doing, and we're going to do, we're going to cut the red tape and get you in here. <laughs> That's I love those guys. Oh, yes. But it was uh, it was that event, and it was a simple proposition. I just felt like the Lord, through a staff member, Michael McGonigal, who had the idea, when I heard about it, I thought, yeah, just show them the baby. And so that's what we did in New York, in Times Square. We had great speakers, five to you know three to five minute speeches. Alveda King, Benjamin Watson, the former NFL player, Candace. Uh, Owens is going to be at this one. She wasn't at the New York event. But just real crisp, three- to five-minute presentations. And then we showed a baby in the third trimester, a 4-D ultrasound. Actually, it was Abby Johnson's baby. She was in a mobile unit we had right behind the stage. And this poor little child, uh, still eight months in gestation, was asleep. And we're sitting there going, wake up, little baby. <laughs> so we had Abby Johnson in the uh, mobile unit jumping up and down on one leg, then the other leg. And thankfully, that baby woke up right as we went to stage live with that uh, ultrasound. And even the sonographer, she was doing the uh, ultrasound. He said, oh, baby's waking up from a nap. See the yawn. And But you know the thing, Tim, it was so amazing how everything quieted down in Times Square. That's, if you've been to Times Square, it's busy, you know, especially pre-COVID. But it, it was just, you know, there's horns blasting, there's people talking. It's just noisy. Yeah. But when that heartbeat and that image of that baby came up on the screens, we brought our own jumbo screens because they wouldn't rent them to us in Times Square. And so we, when that image came up, the whole place fell silent. The protesters, about 400, fell silent. They stopped banging their tambourines. You could hear that heartbeat, kukush, kukush, right, just flutter, flooding into Times Square. It was amazing. And so... With that great experience and the exposure it brought to the preborn child, we thought, okay, let's do it again in, in 2019. We were hoping for May, but with COVID, we couldn't do it. We set it for September and uh, realized we weren't going to be able to do another physical event. We had five cities planned. But in lieu of that, we're going to do a live uh, on online event, a streamed event on uh, 8 p.m. Eastern time, uh, Saturday, September 26th, right around the corner. 
And uh, we're going to have, again, great speakers, short presentations. Melissa Odom, a, an abortion survivor. Uh, Candace Owens will be at this event. We have some great music. Uh, Sela will be doing some songs for us along with other uh, songwriters from Nashville that have created uh, an anthem for this event itself. And people can download that and hear it. So I'm, I'm excited for what it will do. And, the, you know, the, again, Tim, the big part of it is showing uh, 4D ultrasound of a third trimester baby, just showing people what's in the womb. You know, a, a large majority of abortion-minded women, when they go into a clinic to see an ultrasound, will choose life for their baby. And I just feel that same conviction will be there for the culture. If they can actually see a baby in the womb, and see that it's fully human, see the toes, see the fingers, see the baby sucking that, that thumb, which often they do in the womb. Um, they will see the humanity of that baby and become pro-life. We just heard this week, Tim, from a focused listener who was pro-abortion, who was listening to the broadcast and listening to Melissa Odom, actually, an abortion survivor, and said the story was so powerful that this woman moved from pro-choice to pro-life. Wow. That's what we want to see the nation do. Wow. Folks, just tuning in, you're listening to Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Jim Daly with Focus on the Family uh, joining us now. And, uh, man, there's, there's so much there on what you said. Uh, just technically, I guess, the event, because we helped um, Philly being close to New York where that Times Square event happened. That was called Alive from New York, right? It's a little play on words, if I remember right. correctly, right? So, and you, you said it so well, because I remember hearing about how the baby, because the big moment's coming and the baby's quiet, <laughs> like, wait, we're trying to show a heart. We're trying to show something here. Can you do us a favor? <laughs> you got to cooperate with us, but it was funny. Yeah. I mean, poor Abby was back in that mobile unit. I mean, like, honestly, jumping up and down. They had her drinking, I don't know, uh, Mountain Dew or yeah. something. <laughs> right. <laughs> but well, just something to try to get that baby going. And, and that, it did. The baby was just sleeping in the eighth month of pregnancy is a time when a baby sleeps a lot yeah. because of the growth. Right, right. Jim Daly with us from Focus on the Family. We have a quick break to take. We'll keep our conversation going, chatting about Sea Life 2020. Sign the pledge. That's the first step. It's on our website to pray, to support, to encourage, and to share on social media. And then a big live stream event coming up on the 26th of September. It's a week from Saturday. Quick break. We'll keep our chat going here. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. You're listening to a podcast of the Tim DeMoss Show. Heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560, WFIL, and at WFIL.com. It's 414, the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL, chatting with Jim Daly. Focus on the family, which you can catch weekday mornings at 7 on WFIL. More info on the ministry, focusonthefamily.com. Talking about before the break, I mean, one of the biggest main reasons I want to have you on today, Jim, is to talk about Sea Life 2020, that big uh, pro-life event happening. It's kind of all month long, but culminating on the 26th of September with the live stream event. But we're also kind of as a backstory to that, the Alive from New York event uh, was May of 2019. And just the, just the beauty of considering that abortion is obviously a topic you want to t- take care of and, and talk about respectfully and care very carefully. It's a, such a, so much is at stake. A lot of folks have made mistakes. You want to be very careful, um, you know, how you talk about it, but you want to be clear about what the gospel is about, what the Bible has to say. Uh, so I think that's why it's so interesting that a topic that ha- has so much going on, so much at stake at the same time, um, can be addressed so quietly, if you will, just by taking a look at the ultrasound like you did in New York City. 
And I so appreciate that. You know, when we were there up on the stage, Jeannie Mancini and I hosted that one in Times Square. Yeah. And there were three times that we stopped and prayed for the protesters, very gentle prayers of, uh, you know, th- their eyes being opened. And it was not a finger-wagging event. Neither will this be. I just feel like um, that's what the Scripture calls us to do. And we've got to maintain the fruit of the Spirit. We can't fight with the weapons of the world. You know, we get down and we destroy people with labels and, you know, false accusations and things like that. That's not how the Christian needs to be in the public square. We've got to be fighting with love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, and mercy, which most of my friends who are not Christians say, wow, those are really not very good weapons. (laughs) But I would argue that Jesus accomplished quite a bit using those gentle weapons of... uh, societal battle and loving people into the kingdom. So in, in that context, we've got to be mindful of the, the, the woman's plight. We, we get it, but there are so many supportive organizations now, churches, pregnancy centers, that help women in this moment of crisis. And they can help them with adoption options, keeping the baby, getting them on a budget, getting job training. There's just so much out there now. This is not 1973. And uh, where, to our shame, the churches really, we weren't on it adequately. Now, there are so many resources there for these women who are struggling. I just challenge them to take advantage of it. Uh, Lean into the church, the Christian community. Let them help you make the best decision you can make for that baby. And, you know, again, the worst decision is to terminate the life of a child. And that's why we fight every day for it. Yeah. You know, uh, just on a practical note, for folks who want to be part of this, uh, there's three steps. One is signing a pledge, and uh, then there's also sharing on social media with the hashtag Love Every Heartbeat. And then third is the event. You can look up on the 26th at 8 o'clock, Saturday the 26th, for the live stream event. Focusonthefamily.com has details. You can certainly go to WFIL.com and, and be part of all that as well. Uh, but what you just said, so we encourage folks for sure to do that uh, practically. But what you just said there is also another another real uh, point that thing probably should be bold-faced and italicized and underlined is is the everything in addition to helping a woman see yeah. what's inside her right but yeah then, absolutely but then then what if she says okay yeah. i'm willing to keep the child i'm not going to have an abortion pro-life also is well now what so let's not say I've, i just voted for somebody who's pro-life or that those laws matter but are you going to open your home up let her live with you for a year till she gets on her feet things like that right Yeah, absolutely. And I think the more, you know, I think we're getting to the point, Tim, and this is for all of our Christian listeners, this is the thing to consider. As municipalities go bankrupt, you know, again, how do we carry the debt of our nation like it is? And I'm bringing this back to acts of kindness and acts of service. I think the church community is going to be in an incredible position to do more in the foster care arena, in this pro-life movement where churches are well-known for taking in women who are in trouble. You know, they don't know what to do. They might be rejected by their own family. They don't have a place to stay. And uh, they're struggling with that decision. It would be far easier just to take care of the problem through abortion than to go through either an adoption or to keep this child. And we, as people of shalom, God's peace, we need to bring shalom to this chaos at that moment in that woman's life. That's what we're called to do as the Christian community. And there's ways locally that your listeners can get involved with the Pregnancy Resource Center near them. 
Uh, churches can get involved. Churches can be that beacon of hope. So that I think we are in the best position right now as the Christian community to be light and hope to that uh, woman who's alone and feeling discouraged. Uh, we just need to connect the dots and make sure women know there's that option. Amen. See Life 2020 is, again, the event. Jim Daly, focus on the family. Hang out with us for a few minutes. Um, there's something else kind of piggybacking into another thing here. Because we're also working with uh, Focus with the Bring Your Bible to School Day. Yeah. And because Focus, I don't know about this is another impression I'm getting, but over the years, it feels like, you know, there's more, just so many things Focus is trying to help, you know, support the entire family with. We have weekend program, Adventures and Odyssey. Like, you're really trying to, there's a lot to do. <laughs> so, um, so much creativity. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, Tim, I, I really appreciate you bringing that up. So that's October 1st, Thursday, October 1st. Yeah. Happens to fall on the first day of, of, of October this time around, but it's always the first Thursday of every October. Yeah. And we've done it now for, this might be year number seven, and uh, we anticipate, last year we had between 500 and 600,000 students participate. These are mostly public schools, but Christian schools as well. And it's just a day that they can be bold and empowered to bring their Bible to school. It's real simple. It's not illegal. And uh, what we do is we work with Alliance Defending Freedom. People can go to the website, uh, bringyourbible.org, and they can get all the information there. And what they'll see uh, is a single uh, legal brief, a single page that they can print out that is provided by ADF. And if a teacher or principal, school administrator questions their legal uh, ability to bring a Bible to school, the child can just whip this piece of paper out, show it to the school administrator, and it goes through all the legal reasons why that student has every right during free time, lunchtime, etc., to be able to read the Bible with friends, talk about the Bible, show people the Bible. And uh, we have just had tremendous testimonies from these kids. And God bless 13, 14-year-old girls who seem to be the bulwark of uh, the effort. They get together at lunch at their little schools, at their lunch tables, and they'll have, you know, 10, 12, 13 other uh, junior high kids around them, and they'll go through the Book of John together. They'll read it over that uh, the break period, etc. And uh, it really has been a, a wonderful way to help children feel encouraged and emboldened in their faith, not attacked all the time. And there's certainly the school administrator, the teacher that'll come, and we've got, there's three or four lawsuits that have uh, spawned out of this where teachers have been dogmatic. It is illegal for you to bring your Bible to school. Well, folks, it is not. Adults in the room should understand the law, and uh, oftentimes these teachers or principals do not. They're ideologues, and uh, we do a great job helping to educate them, and all these students are participating in educating those teachers and those school administrators about their rights, and that's what we encourage students to do. Nobody's a pawn. Uh, this is student-led. We just give them guidance through a, a website where they can download information. It takes a lot of uh, just everyday, I don't say wisdom, but not everyday wisdom, but the idea that what you said, you know, you're not trying to create a problem or make a make a point by being being pushing people, but you also don't have to say, well, I guess I have no rights because he says I don't or, or something like right. that. Right. I mean, the irony is it's the those that oppose religious liberty that are doing exactly that. They're the ones saying you have no rights, and it's flat out a lie. And so we just, again, want to encourage students and their parents to participate, to download the information. Everything they need is at bringyourbible.org uh, to know what to do and all the uh, assets that we bring to that, like the legal 
form from ADF, etc. So it's really easy, and then the kids just have fun with it. Have fun expressing your faith to your t- uh, classmates. That's what it's all about. Jim Daly from Focus on the Family, our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show. You listen to AM560, WFIL.com, and on the app. Back with more in just a moment. Thanks for hanging out today on WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560, WFIL, and WFIL.com. It's 427 on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Kind of clouded the balance of the afternoon. A little sunshine coming through at times. 76 the high, 60 the low tonight. Don't be surprised. See a little rain come through late this evening, overnight, through tomorrow morning off and on. Then maybe more sunshine. 72 the high tomorrow. Saturday and Sunday look beautiful. Plenty of sun. 66 and 65, respectively, for the high on Saturday and Sunday. Sweater weather officially here. Bills play at home tonight against the Mets at 7.05. Aaron Nola on the mound. They lost 5-4 last night. Thursday night football, uh, it's uh, Cincinnati and Cleveland playing at 8.20. Eagles are home Sunday at 1 o'clock against the Rams. Jim Daly, kind enough to hang out with us. Focus on the Family, 7 a.m. weekdays on WFIL. A number of Focus on the Family ministry programs airing on the weekend as well. You can catch all the details in the program guide at WFIL.com. See Life 2020 on the 26th and leading up to that, including sharing on social media and also uh, Bring Your Bible to School Day on the 1st of October and a lot of other ministries that go on. Just, uh, just uh, how do you keep your spirit right as you tend to all these <laughs> ministries? Including not being angry, like when you see things, and if not not against flesh and blood, or you know, yeah, you know, and do that in thirty seconds or less. <laughs> no, I think uh, yeah. no, Tim. I I really appreciate that question because I think it's. I remember one day sitting in my nice big chair that I read all the broadcast prep before I do a program. Six in the morning, I'm usually sitting there with a cup of coffee, reading through the prep for the day, and I remember the Lord just speaking to my heart, and He brought my attention to Peter in the garden. You know, Peter, to his defense, he was not filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus had not died, was not raised, was not uh, providing the Holy Spirit at that point. Although Peter was walking with Jesus, he wasn't indwelled with Jesus. And so when you think about that, he shows up at the garden strapped on with a sword, a knife, not quite sure, but a weapon, and he's there to defend the Son of God. And I'm telling you, half of my day, I'm in Peter's shoes in the garden with that sword going, okay, Lord, who do you want me to get? (laughs) And, you know, that's the sword of my tongue in this day and age. But I just felt, you know, the Lord just took me through that exchange that he had with Peter saying, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. My kingdom is not that way. And then you see Stephen, who, as he's being killed, he prays for those killing him, saying, Lord, don't hold this sin against them. Now, Peter didn't have the Holy Spirit. Stephen did. And I think that's my battle every day, and I'm sure it's every Christian, every sincere Christian's battle, is how do I live more like Stephen, laying my life down for people who seemingly hate me, and pray for them, and do everything I can do to draw them toward the gospel of Christ, versus going after the guy's ear, which, frankly, I think Peter was going after his throat, but, uh, you know, <laughs> right. what guy says, I'm going to cut his ear off? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's just that balance every day, whether it's the guy cutting me off on the freeway, do I react like Peter or like Stephen? And I'm trying every day to act more like Stephen. 
You know, that that that's a great example on the highway. I, I actually mentioned something like, well, on the other, the other day on the air, I said something about that because it's, 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 everyone has it happen. And so you can range from getting really angry or causing a scene to, well, I hope, you know, well, you're going to get your ticket soon or, or you can tone it down. But Jesus actually says, pray for your enemies. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, it, don't just, just to say, well, all right, I held my tongue. That's good. Yes. But you could even pray for that person like, man, I don't know where you're going. or I hope you don't get in trouble or get hurt the way you're driving, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, it's true. And I think I think that very act, I think our anger, unfortunately, in this culture and, you know, the political environment and everything that's going on, anger can reside just under the surface. And I think that was Peter's issue. And I think what Jesus was saying is you need to subdue that. And you need to, uh, in essence, lay your life down for those who oppose you. And that's what Jesus demonstrated. It is the hardest thing in the world to do because it's not natural to our flesh or our sin nature to do that. So when he asked that question, I mean, this sounds really high, and it is. It's hard to live in the Spirit of God in this life because our weapons are so different. Love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, mercy. Um, those are the weapons Jesus wants in our toolbox, and it's not verbal lashing, it's not anger, etc. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's beautiful to see when someone comes to you, as it says in Romans 2.4, you know, do you not know it's God's kindness that leads one to repentance? And I've been, I, when I speak in front of audiences, Tim, I'll say, has anybody come to Jesus because of horrible Christians around them. You know, does anybody have that testimony that goes like this? Those Christians were so tough on me. They tongue-lashed me so brutally. They were so mean-spirited toward me that I decided to become one of them. (laughs) I just have never heard that testimony. It's always, they were so kind to me. They loved me in a way that I had never been loved before. That's the testimony that you hear, that it so disrupted my view of Christians that it drew me to becoming a Christian. And I, I'm just telling you and everybody, I mean, that, I fight that in my own flesh every day, but I've seen God work through me as well to draw people to him when I lay my life down and let the Lord and let the word be the, the issue, not me, not my personality. Going, your, going out of your way to be hated is not a Boy Scout sticker in heaven. <laughs> Well, and, <laughs> folks, just tuning in, we've uh, been chatting with Jim Daly from Focus on the Family. Again, you can catch a program weekday mornings at 7 on WFIL. And maybe just to conclude by going back to the beginning and kind of summing up what you just said. You know, I think it's interesting. You know, you mentioned the Sea Life 2020 event was originally going to be hopefully in five cities. Uh, mm-hmm. Last year, the Alive from New York, um, you know, was close to... The, the greater Philadelphia area, so folks go more easily. And I was looking at some of those cities. I think that like, none of them would have been near Philadelphia, per se. And as I look and think about as COVID has kind of changed the, the landscape for you, and now the event, Sea Life 2020, online, rather than the physical city, per se, how you have to still believe, like, well, if God is still good, then you got to actually be okay and even feel like, you know what? Now everyone's going to get to see it everywhere. Um just, just that God's good, and you, you're taking like if you pray for the person, love your enemy who's just cut you off, um, <laughs> or trust that no, COVID's not above God, and God's not second, or this is a second, second class. It could have been this, but it, well, we'll at least do this. It's like yeah. if God's good, then keep your eyes wide open because see what He's going to do with it. Absolutely, and you know the great scriptures. Paul writes, "Fear not." 
And I think, you know, we don't have a spirit of fear. And, uh, you know, in that regard, even with the COVID situation, um, his church will triumph through that, over that, et cetera. And I believe, yeah, I believe there's always a silver lining around dark clouds that the enemy throws our way because God is always with us. And I think in this context as well, yeah, maybe we'll get, we had 100,000 online viewers last year. I think a million could easily join us this year because of the dynamics of COVID. So, and then maybe next year we'll be able to come back to that five city event and maybe we'll be able to include Philadelphia. Who knows? <laughs> we would love that. And you know, your you, the, your friends you said who aren't believers who say like those those attributes of the Bible aren't very strong. I forget exactly the, uh, the right. Right. I'm just thinking about that verse in Proverbs. It says uh, a gent where a gentle tongue can break a bone. Yeah, think of that. How about this thought? You know, so much of nature reflects God, right? And I remember someone saying to me, "You ever thought about the power of water?" And you're going, "The power of water." but how the power of water over time cuts a rock. Think of that, the shoreline, just the pounding of the wave every day, lapping, lapping, bang, bang. But over time, that rock gets cut, and that rock falls into the sea. And I I just think what a beautiful story as we engage a world. We just need to be like that wave, that water that continues to hit with kindness and mercy and joy and love and prayer. And over time, I mean, look at it, the Colosseum, is in ruins. But what stands in the middle of the Colosseum today in Rome? The cross of Christ. I love that. I love that image. The lapping of the waves to not get discouraged when you're rebuffed as well in your attempts to love people. Come back at them again in a kind, gentle way that God tells us to. It's like God's economy. The softest, softest things in this world kind of reflect God's nature. And I, I think that's a beautiful illustration of how that works. The rough and the abrasive, and they come and go. But it's that gentle breeze of of Christ that actually prevails in the end. And, you know, Tim, even if you look at the culture today and, you know, what's happening, it grieves our heart. There's fear with that. But, you know, the irony is they can try, whoever they are, those who oppose truth, God's truth, they can try to cover it with whatever dirty soil they want to. But at the end, it says that every knee— Every knee will bow because all knowledge will be known. The truth will be known. There's no disbelieving at that point. Everybody's going to see clearly that Jesus is Lord. And we need to hang on to that. We need to have that confidence as believers not to lose hope. Every knee is going to bow at the truth of who Jesus is. And it's not a, it's not a conquering victorious thing. It's just plain true. Amen. Amen. Jim Daly with Focus on the Family, our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show. We have a quick break to take. We'll keep our chat going in just a second. Thank you for tuning in today, by the way. Listen to AM560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM560, WFIL, and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. It's 439, the Tim DeMoss Show. Privilege to have Jim Daly from Focus on the Family joining us. You can catch a program 7 a.m. weekdays. Before the break, you were emphasizing uh, the truth of every knee shall bow. Philippians 2, right? That's uh, that's in there about that. I think yeah. about that. Too. It's, it, you know, honestly, the COVID thing has kind of given it a little taste of that, where no matter if you're a multi-billion dollar athlete or, or whoever you are, everyone's kind of been put in their place a little bit you know in a, yeah. in, a, in a healthy way almost like i see this pre-evangelism like 
you realize that even if you're a superstar or you're the head of this or big of that or that we're all still kind of we're all mortal and uh you know it's so yeah. true tim and you think about it we're in such a box and i think the lord puts us in this block in this box called this life and i was thinking about this with the failures of Falwell jr and even what's been reported the allegations with Ravi Zacharias. Yeah. You know, there's there, these three things, they get everybody. And whether you were, you know, Nero or whomever you were or are, it's pride, sex, or money. Hmm. And it's always the same. It's the same box, the same trappings, always the same trappings for celebrities, Christian leaders. It doesn't matter. We're all human. We all fall short of the glory of God. We're all in desperate need of his salvation. And it, it doesn't end until our last breath, whether you're out there speaking about Christian things and still these three things, sex, money, pride, one of those three are always trying to get at your ankle and wrap you up and suck you down. And uh, sometimes we play along and hopefully we don't. But those are the challenges in this life. And it's just amazing to me that there's nothing new under the sun. It's the same three that it was back in Paul's day, <laughs> right. back in David's time, and guess what, folks? In our time too. How do you? How do you? On that note, just I mean, it's occurring to me. How do you? Because um, you're busy, you've got all these things happening, all these ministries you're working with and overseeing within Focus and the Family. How do you? I don't want to say stay accountable, but stay accountable. Or how do you? How do you help you safeguard? No, safeguards I mean, the word maybe I'm looking for. I mean, it's like no, it's like anything. It's wisdom. I think it's wisdom. I know when I when I stepped into the role. Uh, you know, a couple things I did, um, you know, there was a private garage that all of a sudden I have the garage door opener now, and I can park in there, and this is my garage. And I thought, you know, I thought of Hortensia, our cleaning lady, who came, he, he comes in 6 in the morning at Focus on the Family mm. to clean everything in the executive wing before the team gets in. And on these snowy days that are like zero degrees, <laughs> I'm saying, nah, she needs a garage door opener. So I gave her my garage door opener, and I parked outside. And, you know, doing things like that to keep your feet on the ground, because I'm not above anybody in here. My title gives me responsibility. But me as a person, I'm on the same plane as everybody else. And I think Christian leadership needs to remember that. Pastors need to remember that. Uh, people can give you an awful lot of power. And the question is, how do you disseminate that power? How do you get rid of that? quickly so that you don't see yourself as higher than everybody else outside of your, um, you know, vocational requirement. That's just a job. If you're the head pastor of a church, that's your calling. But your stature within the body is equal to everybody else, in my opinion. Yeah. And I, I think, and I think, Tim, one of the great problems we have right now, you know, we have set ourselves up in our culture to be some kind of perfect example rather than being a broken example. And I think when you see the failures of Christian leadership, it's going to happen. It's going to continue to happen. What we've got to say is it shows our need for Christ. And the fact that these people have fumbled in that relationship doesn't discount Christ. It discounts their ability to live it. Mm. And, uh, you know, it doesn't discount the reality or existence of Jesus or, or his people that are living it well, but, it, it, you know, we do have difficulty in this life living to the perfect standard. And I would rather have Christian leadership projecting the fact that we're broken, that we don't have perfect families, that we too have marriage difficulties, we have parenting difficulties, and we're just like everybody else. And uh, 
The only difference is that we vocationally have a high calling, and for that reason, we're we're more responsible to that calling, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, that's great stuff. Wonderful. Uh, thank you for sharing about all those things. You have a lot of practice, of course, having the radio program every no. day. <laughs> so you. No, I mean it's it's good to yeah sit and listen to smart people. That's my that's my great uh, that's what I get to do. So it's fun. Well, so on that note, you know how like a movie has a an outtake or this or that. This has nothing to do with Sea Life 2020 or the Bible, um, uh, Bring Your Bible to School Day on October 1st. But just, this is a little serious, but just, um, you're overseeing, how many folks are at Focus? How, how would you say? There's 650 here in Colorado Springs. We probably have another 100 at our Hope Restored, three locations, Branson and, and Michigan and down in Rome, Georgia. And then we probably have another 500 staff internationally that they're all locally guided, directed, and paid, so they don't report directly to U.S. But all in all, I mean, that's probably uh, 12, 1,300 people. Okay. So just strictly for, and I will on my program every now and again have a person on who, whether they're a Christian or not, maybe I could learn something from them. Like if I could have Tiger Woods on to talk about golf, I would be <laughs> happy to do that. Just to, I mean, I, <laughs> so, you know, maybe not, I mean, well, I don't want, I, I would actually, I, I would have a conversation with anybody about anything. If he wanted to share about his life and his failings and what is he learning. And I love you know, that because of what John three sixteen is about. We talk about it in the show, but just from your experience as someone who's in charge of really ultimately the whole, the whole ministry, knowing that, you know, any wisdom for folks who are in charge of things. And uh, like, I have a staff of eight or 10. And that's yeah. like a lot. <laughs> so I think, and you know, I think the challenge in Christian work particularly, so if I could speak yeah. to that yeah. group of people working in a Christian environment, the biggest thing is not to be passive aggressive, to get things up on the table. I, I have learned in managing in a Christian environment that the enemy wants to keep things in the dark, especially perhaps in Christian work. And put one group against another group or one person against another person. It's so replicated over and over. The pages of his playbook are so well-known. And so what I've learned is just let's get everything up on the table. Let's try to drain the emotion out of it. But when there's conflict, when there's a problem, get it up into the light. And I love that scripture that supports that. When, when God's light can be on a problem, I think you see clearly, more clearly, the the direction for solution when things are hidden things are behind closed doors things are behind someone's back it's just so unhealthy in so many ways so in christian management what i've learned is just be up on the table with it let's get it out into the open nobody hates you nobody hates me i get it and it's hard to do sometimes when you're especially the leader when you're encouraging people to tell you the truth, and then when they tell you, you snap at them. Mm. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta be ready to take it. You know that was a bad decision. Why do you think it was a bad decision? Let me learn from it. And I, I think that's that's that is wisdom. I don't always do it well. I don't want to project like I do, but I think that's a the biggest challenge, and then b the biggest the biggest benefit is when God can enter into that problem because it is brought up above the table, so to speak, and you can deal with it. And people can walk away going, okay, I maybe didn't get everything I needed or wanted, but that was a fair process. I think that's a good thing. That's great. That's great insight. I'm taking notes as you speak. So, and I can, wow. I can listen to the podcast as well in case I forget. So, <laughs> there you go. Jim Daly, Focus on the Family, our guest, weekday mornings at 7 so we can catch that program. 
Sea Life 2020, the social media movement to help end abortion and love every heartbeat we're talking about today. Bring your Bible to School Day, which is Thursday, the 1st of October. And uh, we just have a quick break. We're going to take here, wrap things up in a second. Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL.com and on the WFIL app. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560, WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. Tour 50 on the Tim DeMoss Show with Jim Daly from Focus on the Family. Wrapping up our time together. Twelve or 1,300 folks that you're in charge of. We were just talking before the break about any leadership tips you have. And you said don't be, I guess, passive, aggressive, kind of get everything on the table. Any other thoughts to that? Or? That's just one. I mean, I think it's really – and be clear in communication. I've learned that. I can be kind of a – I like to collect data as I roll, so I, I can get a little too nebulous for my, my staff. Hmm. You know, oh, yeah, let, yeah, let's talk about it. And I'm not as declarative as I need to be in my leadership role at times. So hmm. that's something I work on pretty consciously to make sure there's no ambiguity in what I'm saying. Okay. I mean, Jesus was a great model for that. He didn't leave any kind of hidden meaning, in my opinion. He was pretty straightforward about <laughs> the Sadducees, the Pharisees, you know, you're a bunch of uh, whitewashed tombs, you, you liars, etc. Yeah. I mean, you didn't walk away from an encounter with Jesus scratching your head, I don't think, unless you plainly <laughs> didn't understand what he was saying when he was calling you a liar. Yeah. You know? <laughs> now, is it this kind? What does he mean? Maybe he just Yeah, said... exactly. Yeah. yeah. Those are good things. That's I, I, I can, you know, I loved listening to people. My wife reminded me of this at our church when we were in, we're, I'm 52 now, but she reminded me when we were in our 30s, how there were a lot of people in their 50s who didn't necessarily have a, a role in the church officially as a teacher of something. But she said, we yeah. need to seek people out because they've lived a lot of life. They're ahead of us. We have young kids. They have older kids. Let's. I want to pick her brain and her brain. Just keep my mouth closed. That's and a listen. smart woman, your wife. <laughs> I mean, seriously, she's smart. I yeah. mean, that's a good thing to do. That's one of the, the, I think, the tragedies we have with generational warring, if I could call it that way. You know, we're pitting Gen Xers against boomers, against, you know, Gen Yers and all that. And I'm thinking, my goodness, it's more life stage driven. I mean, are you married? Yes. Okay. Here's some of the advice that you're going to need about being married. Hmm. I don't care if you're married at 20, 40, or 70. This advice is going to be really good for you. Same with parenting. You know, whether you're parenting in your 20s or you're parenting in your 40s, like Gene and I did. We had our kids when we were 38. Hmm. So, you know, we were late blossoming parents. We didn't we didn't have kids early in our in our marriage. But the point of it is we tend to cast aspersions by generation because somehow Marketing people in America set us up that way as a demographic, <laughs> and now all of a sudden we're against each other rather than saying, what can we learn from each other? Well, and to your point, and really we'll finish here, Jim Daly, uh, Focus on the Family, our guest, you mentioned about not having a, an image issue where you're trying to come across as a pastor, for example, as having everything together and allowing for the fact that we're broken people and we need a savior, but not dwelling there either, right? Um, Correct. Because, you know, it's it very interesting. Though, I think you shared this when we chatted last time. You know, when uh, Dr. Dobson was there, compared to y- your background coming into the same role, two different backgrounds, but God's used you both uh, uh, in the ministry yeah. of folks in the family, right? You, your story is a little different, a lot different. Well, absolutely, and everybody's going to come from their experience. I mean, that's what God gives you, your testimony, the experiences that he gave you. Yeah. And I think that's so true, and I think the only thing generationally, and, and I think when you look at the older generation, as we're talking about generations, they had... You know, they just had some things that they felt were the 
you know, the right things to do. And, and some of that, as long as it's not biblical principle, the right thing to do is to stay committed to your spouse and, yeah. you know, make sure your family is as healthy as can be spiritually, physically, etc. But, you know, the other things about, you know, well, the things we saw, we never talked about, you know, yes. kind of, the, you know, those kind of cliches. I, I don't know that all of that was healthy. And, you know, I think as we get older, hopefully we become better people. And the Lord uses the wisdom of Scripture to continue to bathe over us. And when we're 50-something, we're smarter than we were 20-something. And that's the whole, that's the whole thing, right? Yes. That each and every day we're progressing toward a deeper relationship of obedience toward Christ. Well, and your story is very interesting. And I, if, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I don't know if you, you know my brother Bob. Oh, of course, yeah, I know right? Bob well. So, did, did Bob, if I remember correctly, he's written a lot of books over the years. Did he write a book with you about your? I was going to ask you if you've ever written a book about your life. Did he write a yeah, book? Yeah, the with first you? one. Yeah, he did a fantastic job helping me with that, finding home, and you know, so many people. I never thought about teenagers reading the book. Isn't it funny? You write a book, and of course, in that case, my biography, and and uh, yes, I have been so touched by. 15, 16, 17-year-olds who have written me saying, I'm living the life that you had, and it's horrible, and I don't know what to do. Mm. And it's just so refreshing to be able to say, hey, there's one thing you need to do, and that's commit your life to Christ, <laughs> and then hang on, man, and because it's going to go places. And I think that's true. You know, it may not be the president of Focus on the Family. I don't know. Maybe the president of the country. Who knows? But the point of it is, when you're living a life, and I try to teach this to my two sons who are 20 and 18, when you're living a life of principle in Christ, things happen. I mean, people can trust you. You know, when you look, I heard at the FBI, they hire a lot of Mormons. Isn't this an interesting thing? Hmm. Because they're trustworthy as a group of people. I find that fascinating and good for them, that they live to their creed. And I, I just find, you know, that should certainly be true of the Christian community broadly, that when you hire a Christian, you know you're getting an honest person, and they're going to work hard for you. Wouldn't that be great? Absolutely. And that's not always the case. So often, unfortunately, we wear Christian as a label, and we don't live up to the standards. And I'll tell you what, if the Christian church lived up to the standards of being called Christian, nothing could stop us. Remind me of the title of the book again. Finding home. Finding home. Okay. Uh, and people can get that. I wanted to bring that up just because your story has lots of twists and turns, lots of challenges <laughs> in it, right? So people can yeah. be encouraged, not that they have to become something. I was, I was this, and look where I wound up. But just how God can take anything, anybody, and, and yeah. really do amazing things with them as they surrender their hearts to him. Well, so, here's the reality, Tim. Nobody is beyond the reach of God. And if you're a Christian and you think, that there is that one gay guy, there is that one abortion person. No, nobody is beyond the reach of God. It's just going to take many touches from the Christian community in that person's life, hopefully realistic, honoring touches where that person can actually see God's heart in them yeah. that's going to lead somebody to Christ out of that community. Jim, it's a pleasure talking <laughs> with you again, and thanks for taking time to share about Sea Life 2020 about Bring Your Bible to School Day, but a lot of other great things as well. And, um, it, you know, folks at the podcast, this right after the show on our homepage, so they can listen through it again and, uh, you know, get encouragement to it. This is why we're here, and we love having the opportunity to, to have you on. So thank you again. 
really for doing uh, thanks, this. Thanks, Tim. I appreciate it. And thank you for your show and what you do for the kingdom as well, man. It all counts in moving that boulder closer to heaven. <laughs> Our privilege. Our privilege. Have a all great right. rest of your day. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. Jim Daly, president of Focus on the Family, host of the Daily Program. You can catch weekdays at 7 a.m. Don't forget, Sea Life 2020, that social media endeavor to help end abortion and love every heartbeat, including a very special live stream event, Saturday, September 26th. Details at WFIL.com as a pledge. They encourage you and request that you would sign and help share on social media. This also Bring Your Bible to School Day, Thursday, the 1st of October. We'll be chatting more about it as that gets a little bit closer. FocusOnTheFamily.com for more details. As I just mentioned, a podcast of today's show will be up in the next half hour or so, 45 minutes at WFIL.com. You can always subscribe as well. Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, all those places. And we appreciate your prayers. Thank you for doing that. And tell a friend about the program if you would, too. Jim Max and Max 413 Ministries. Lead in prayer next. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.